Hello, folks. Guess what we're doing today? That's right, here. Yeah, if you don't recognize that, you don't have a soul. Or you're not Jewish. Um, we're doing... Or, yeah, well. <laughs> or you've never been to a Jewish wedding. <laughs> yes, because we haven't had any good semi- Semitic jokes uh, yet. <laughs> This is uh, we're doing Gremlins as the old uh, movie and comparing it to Rare Exports, a uh, 2000. Let's see with ja, uh, Gremlins 1984, 1984 against Rare Exports in 2010. So I am Mike and welcome to the show. We are 40 going on 14. I'm Pat. I'm Joel. I'm Josh and this is what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. Christmas, the real world. <laughs> Can I be Puck? I was going to ask if Puck was in this one. Yeah. I think so. You suck. I never watched The Real World. That was my Puck. Me either, actually. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And when you said Puck, the first thing that came to mind was a Sadar. <laughs> so that's... You ladies, you. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Don't get me but started. Before... <laughs> yeah, he's out of roll. Um, that's why so his ass is buttered. Into... That's not why, uh, by the way. That's... No, his ass is buttered because it's Wednesday. Exactly. I like oh, butter my ass and lollipops so. my mouth. <laughs> wow. Well, for the one of you that's still listening, uh, <laughs> this week, since the uh, Gremlins is, uh, was made in 1984, we always go for the what happened in the year of the movie that we're watching first. And 1984 on television, Patrick discovered that the USA loses the Davis Cup in tennis to Sweden, which means nothing to me. You guys got anything on that one? I, I didn't think. find that. That's all I have to say on that. Nope. <laughs> Wait, totally tennis who found that? Tennis is a that thing? There. That's a thing? Tennis? Well, that's Google, Google Drive does look at the tag. It's Josh. Oh, oh it is Josh. Curse is foiled again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Scooby, for the help. Oh, no, <laughs> he's down there. In music, it, wait, no, did we get the music thing straightened out? Is music, was it How Will I Know? Oh, that's number one, because that was from 1986. I did the wrong year. That's why oh, okay. we were he's different. High. It was actually uh, Like a Virgin by Madonna. Oh, yeah. And I like am high, yes. I love Madonna. Up until about 1996, and then I tuned out. I still like her. I don't. I don't like her music much. I mean, I mean, I, I do have some of her more recent stuff on my iPod. I will admit, hmm. but nothing wrong with yeah. that. It just after "Shut Up and Dance," I tuned out. I like, I like the fact that she got thrown out of the Alamo Draft House. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I did. Well, yeah, but that story was misrepresented because she wasn't actually in the Alamo Draft House. Basically, in while well, they're really overstepping their bounds there now. Yeah, she was she was uh, preemptively before she'd ever set foot in the Alamo uh, Draft House banned for life because uh, at another premiere she was uh, on her phone and someone called her on her shit and she called them an oppressor. Uh, so where was she at the preview? Was that she was actually at the Alamo? She got confused. Her GPS was messed up. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, the Alamo Draft House, according to all reports, is an awesome movie theater, but they don't do big Hollywood premieres there. Huh. Alamo Draft House is very, is very excellent. It's one of the first places where, um, you actually, during certain, you know, certain screenings, you actually are encouraged to, like, you know, interact with people a la MS, you know, MST3K. But, oh, really? Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of cool, you know, um, and they start, one of the first places ever to serve beer, you know, and you're, you know. Ever? Like, in the world? Movie theater-wise. Smart, oh. smart ass. You said so, it. But I mean, they're pretty cool. But I mean, they they do also show regular movies too. You know where it is expected, and they actually put 
things up, you know, beforehand saying, hey, if you are caught on your phone or texting or anything, we will ask you to leave. I am a smart yeah. ass. Mine, mine can fart the alphabet, so shut your coal. <laughs> I will shut my coal. The whole alphabet? The whole alphabet. In Man- like Judy Garland. Oh. What? In Mandarin. In, no, no. no? I can't do Mandarin. Uh-uh. Swahili. Yes. All right. So, so in movies. <laughs> yes. Before, and, and I'm, before we, because I know this is coming to us having him prove it on the show, and I don't want that happening. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that's a whole show thing. That's, uh, move, go ahead, Josh. Sorry. I, I was just saying, I got, got some more information. Apparently she was at Lincoln Center's Walter Reed Theater for, uh, the New York Film, uh, Festival premiere of 12 Years a Slave. And uh, she didn't call the person an oppressor who told her to stop texting on her BlackBerry. She called them an enslaver. Ah, nice. Wow. So, yeah. I, re- yeah. I read somewhere the other day, somebody said, like, those who are quick to call them call themselves oppressed, you know, usually are never the ones that actually know what oppression really is. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's never been so true as it is with Madonna. Yeah. So yeah, in response, Tim League of the uh, Alamo Draft House uh, put up on Twitter: "Until she apologizes to movie fans, Madonna is banned from watching movies." Wait, he, sure, that's so, not so. He's preemptively away. banning her. That's nice. They're not banning her for swept away. That's what he's trying to get an apology. <laughs> yeah. <from? laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> Just talk to Guy Ritchie while you're at it. His fault. All right. So Breaking Two Electric Boogaloo yes. came out. On the 19th of December in 1984. I'm so and Joel was still again. Thus <laughs> inventing the genre of what, Joel? Nothing. It, it was already invented. Beat Street and Breaking One were out, but it, it, it's where they go and they save the community center. And every time somebody says, oh, it's Die Hard 2 or, oh, it's Gremlins 2, I've got to say Electric Boogaloo. And is that mm-hmm. the one where they save the community center? Well, in this case, it's real because Ozone and Turbo along with Kelly, played by the lovely Lucinda Dickey. Um, and I'm sorry, Ozone was played by Shabadoo, Al, and uh, Turbo was played by Boogaloo Shrimp. They go and they save the community center, and there's a dance scene a la Fred Astaire where they're like dancing on the ceiling with the broom, and it's it's insane. It's so good. Okay, I just want to say to all you folks, Joel just rattled all that off, not on IMDb. He literally just knows that. <laughs> These are things he carries around in his brain, and that's why he can't find his way home at night, because that's what's taking up residence instead of where he lives. And stop jiggling your keys when I'm talking. It's a distracting. So <laughs> it's, one cool thing about this, it features Ice-T in his film debut. And the Beastie as a Boys are in Crush Groove. Wrong yeah? movie. Sorry, I got too excited. <laughs> <laughs> you just really Okay, I'm thinking... What? I think we I should have an 80s breakdance right movie show then. What did you say, Pat? I said, I hope there's a newspaper underneath Joel. Oh. <laughs> there are always You is. have no idea. Seriously, dude, like, this is a classic. It's better than Breaking One, and that's hard to say. No, no, it's not. It's not, because I just said it. But I'm just saying, it. it is difficult to make that. It's no house party, too. It's got Boogaloo Shrimp in it. What's not right? And how that guy never got another job with that name, I don't know. You are wrong, sir. Michael Chambers? You are totally wrong. I could go for yeah, some that's right. shrimp. I know. Because he... That does sound like a Chili's menu item. <laughs> it does sound like something. <laughs> it does. Okay, okay, just to defend Joel and Boogaloo Shrimp having a... Having he did other something things. Else. Yeah, he did. After that, he was in the Dom DeLuise show. Oh my god, I don't care. <laughs> and then he was in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> as, as, get this, as Good Robot Bill. <laughs> So, in his probably his most famous movie that he was in, he played a robot white guy. Dude, who hasn't? <laughs> Sounds like Antoine. 
Right. He was in Dudley Do-Right as a dancer. Yeah, he was prominently featured in the music video for Shaka Khan's I Feel For You. Ooh. There you go. Speaking of which, fantastic song. That was some musical vomit, that song. No, that is a good... <laughs> you shut your mouth, sir. Shaka Khan. I will come <laughs> over there and destroy everything you own that has Judy Garland. I, I had a guy once, this is not a yeah. joke, I had a guy once when I was DJing at a club downtown come up and request that song, and I had security kick him out of the bar. <laughs> For like, requesting Shaka Khan? Yeah, I was like, you gotta go. Get him out of here, guy. <laughs> oh, Patrick, I've lost respect. You're a dick. <laughs> oh, what a cop. Uh, Shaka I, 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 I could be corrupted by the smallest amount of power possible. <laughs> <laughs> really, Patrick? Yeah. Uh, that particular song. I don't necessarily hate on Shaka Khan. That particular song is awful. Oh, seriously, that's like one of my favorite songs from the 80s. Oh, that song is horrible. Uh, don't Disturb <laughs> Groove probably being the next one maybe up there. Oh, my God. Now I hope you're joking. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. That's a good song. Oh, my God. That song is... You know, do you love I'm it? I'm over here dancing right now. <laughs> Wait for that. Yeah. All right, that's enough of that crap. That's this intro. <laughs> All right, it's like <laughs> Let's 50 get on to years the... long on the real one. It's, yeah, it's like it's five and a half minutes. No, five, almost six minutes long. Yeah, the, the, it, uh, yeah, the, you need to hear the radio version. It's better. Yeah, no, you okay. don't. So anyway. You don't need to hear any version of that song. So, Shaka Khan. It, kids, if you don't know that, <laughs> if, you don't know that, if you don't know that song, don't go run out and hear it. Please you know, save yourself the trouble. Don't, don't run out and hear it. <laughs> don't, they, don't do it. People like running around their neighborhoods trying to listen for Shaka Khan. <laughs> I think I she's know, in the bushes. I heard a wild Shaka Khan last night. <laughs> What does the okay. shock say? <laughs> oh, God. I feel for right. you. Uh, I think a wild so, shotgun runs you about 200 bucks at the bunny ranch. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So guess what we're doing now? <laughs> All right. We got... Oh, stop. Stop that. All right. We watched Gremlins. Yes. Which, unfortunately, did not come out during Christmas time. It came out in... Um, when did it come out? It came out in the, during the Lent? during the summer. Yeah, because oh. they realized that they didn't have a, a tent pole movie, so they moved it up. It was supposed to come out at Christmas time. Did you say tent pole movie? Yes. <laughs> is that code for porn? No. <laughs> it should be. It can't be. <laughs> it is now. Yeah. It'll um, be now. Yeah, they they um I it is true. What they they moved the release date up to the summertime because they re, after Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came out. They were like, "Oh, we don't have anything to go up against that." Yeah, so. you can't beat short round. Well, it's very cool that you. I mean, you can. I mean, he won't complain much. He'll be like, "Thank you, Doctor Jones." If he did, no it's time cool. for love. No time for lovey. It's cool that you mentioned that because uh, along with uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Gremlins was half responsible for the creation of the PG thirteen rating. True, because they uh, they decided that that was it was violent, but it wasn't violent enough to receive a. Uh, an R rating. You know what's funny though about that is as I was watching it, I was thinking, I'm like, you know, I wonder if my kids would like this. And as I'm watching it, then all of a sudden it got to the kitchen scene with the mom. And I had a instant flashback to all the things she does to the various gremlins in the kitchen, <laughs> which as a kid I loved. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I still think it's fantastic, by the way. Um, but I was like, yeah, my kids aren't ready for this yet. Yeah, ultra violent though. <laughs> right. Even though they're, <laughs> yeah. they're puppets, it's still, it's really violent. 
It's, you know, it's, like, which, it's like a Muppet version of a Clockwork Orange. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was actually supposed to be worse. Well, first, little, first off, let's 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 go over some of the details. The uh, got the <laughs> a boy in, inadvertently breaks the three most important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently mischievous monsters on a small town. And you guys should be impressed on the fact that I said that without flubbing it. Uh, yeah, it was actually. And uh, directed by Joe Dante, of produced by Steven Spielberg. Produced by Steven Spielberg, uh, uh, Joe Dante of Inner Space and Small Soldiers. What else has he done? Uh, he he wrote a book. He did The Howling, <laughs> Rock and Roll High School. He wrote a book. He did Piranha. Kind of walked over the Howling there. Yes. Uh, uh, wait, sorry, yeah. Piranha wasn't Cronenberg, or was it produced by Cronenberg? Uh, like I believe was Piranha was. Pro- uh, da, 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 da. You, haven't, you haven't heard of his book? Seriously, it's called Inferno. No. I don't like I where this is uh, going. Burning up the charts, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ah, ah, ah. okay. Dante's Inferno. Nothing. Anyone? Yeah. This thing on? Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. And yeah, I'm the stupid that, one. That's a stretch there. <laughs> so <laughs> we do hey, a character okay. about the listener who turns in for Pat's sense of humor, but. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah. that Patrick. He, he's still trying to figure out how to turn the computer on. He's like, man, where's the computer? <laughs> <laughs> so it starred Zach Galligan? Zach Galligan. How do you say that? Gil- no, G-A-L-L-I-N. Galligan. Yeah. Though we did pass uh, over the writer, uh, Chris Columbus. That's yeah. right. Yes. Cause, Excellent. With the- yeah, I mean, known for uh, writing... Kids movies originally. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, well, wow. her, a bunch of the Harry, all the, all the Spike Harry Potter Chamber of Secrets, yep. the, the Goonies, Harry. Home Alone. Um, yeah, he only did the first of Hollywood stuff. Hey, he was the executive producer on Monkey Bone. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um, he wrote Young Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Uh, Heartbreak Hotel. He's actually quite prolific. Young Sherlock Holmes. He wrote the screenplay for that Didn't one. Didn't Josh just say that like two seconds ago? <laughs> he did? Hey, hey, absolutely did. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Went away. So, oh, he also, uh, did, also, he also starring... did um, uh, a young Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> you think? Dude, did he do the young Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> he did. Oh, I didn't know that. So, young Sherlock Holmes starred, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, Hoyt Axton, uh, played Randall Peltzer, um, he... found out in looking up trivia for this that he pretty much ad-libbed his entire script. What? That's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, He's Hoyt Axton. He was, you know, he brought a lot of weight to the. Weight he was also the redheaded stepchild's father on Different Strokes. That's true. Danny Cookson. Cookson. And Phoebe Cates. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> many men yeah. masturbated to. Speaking of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, we talked about last week. There you go. Phoebe Cates, yeah. masturbation material when we were all young, when she took off her bikini top during that movie. And then yeah. Judge Reinhold masturbated. Hmm. Oh, and then Judge Reinhold, who is apparently a douche in everything. <laughs> no, he he's in, not in Beverly Hills Cop. He was started out hey, as he, a douche. He was, he, yeah, he was a douche in a Beverly douche. Hills Cop. He was a doofus. Okay, I'll give you that. He was more of a doofus than a douche, but he was definitely a douche in this one. Yeah. I mean, going right up to the, going up to Billy in the bar and be like, you know, I would have fired you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, Thanks, my favorite Dick. part of the bar scene is like his way of hitting on a woman. I've got cable. <laughs> Right. Well, it was '84. <laughs> you know, it was either that or his new answering machine. See, now I just so. say because now I say, "Hey, I have U-verse, and it works so much better. 
No, it doesn't. <laughs> still, still living alone, huh? Works about as well as it did for him. Let's put it that way. Oh, true. Good I also point. love that we have our connection to uh, Super 8 with Glenn Terman in this movie as well, playing a science teacher who doesn't make it through the film. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's a great catch. That's the that. exact same actor. Yeah. I didn't even catch that. Also, nice. uh, who else is in here? Anybody of consequence? That, I mean, Corey Feldman. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, how about, Very young Corey Feldman. How about this one? Um, Howie Mandel did the voice for Gizmo. Yes. And Frank Welker uh, did the voice for Stripe. Yep. And Michael Winslow did some of the random voices for the other. Well, he did the voice for Zach Galligan. <laughs> <laughs> there was, I mean, they had a great, if you if you know your voices, they had Howie Mandel, um, Peter Cullen, Michael Winslow. Peter Cullen is in Optimus Prime? Optimus Prime yeah. was also listed as uh, doing some of the voices also on oh, here also. yeah. They had a they had a great voice list. Yeah, they did. Look at me, I'm a nerd. Yes, you are. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and can't forget Dick Miller as Mr. Futterman. <laughs> <laughs> Can never figure, have too much Dick. Who? Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know which was greater, his love for America or his hatred for everything that wasn't American. <laughs> I think I think it was pretty evenly. Who was, the, was the, who played the the shop owner? I can't think of his name. The shop owner was Key Luke. Yeah. Who's done a bunch of uh, ethnic parts in the eighties? Yeah. Why would he? Yeah. yeah he's, well, he's, another he's, he's another one of those guys that play, they always cast him as the old wise and Chinese yes. man. Let's see. I'm looking at his, his, his filmography. Lots of TV. He was in T.J. Hooker. Yeah. <laughs> he was in Gem. Truly really outrageous. <laughs> I just briefly looked over his CV myself, and I just noticed there was like a couple of shows where he appeared several different times because Americans are so they can't <gasps> tell. You know, he's just different characters. Oh my God, he was Zoltar from Battle of the Planets. <gasps> now who's dirty? Me, because I know <laughs> what you're talking about. I don't. You don't know the only Zoltar I know is is the one from Big. That's... Yeah, no. <laughs> this is a this is the Zoltar that was a bad guy against like the team of teen. Enemy fighters. I don't even know what they were. They had a jet that turned into a phoenix, but he was also supposed to be a hermaphrodite, too. So What? You didn't know that? No. In the Japanese version of uh, Battle of the Planets, which was called Gachiman, uh, the en- the main enemy, Zoltar, was actually a hermaphrodite that would switch back and forth during the show. But for some reason, they changed that when they brought it over to the I States in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah, go figure. What exactly yeah. advantage would that bring to... They made him a hemophiliac, which is similar. What? <laughs> he, was the hy- he was a hypochondriac. <laughs> the hypochondriac hemophiliac. Can't go anywhere with that guy. Okay, some trivia on this. <laughs> all right. Uh, Mrs. Deagle's cats are all named after money. Uh, dollar bill. Dollar bill, kopeck, drachma. Uh, <clears throat> the gremlins puppets themselves were all animatronics. This, this was pre-pre-any computer animation. This was all practical effects. And they were valued between thirty to $40,000 a piece. And all the crew, when they would leave for the night, had their cars checked out to make sure that no gremlins were going missing. Well, and the uh, gremlins themselves weren't even the most uh, valuable like piece of cinematic history in terms of... Uh inanimate objects or props used in the scenes at the invention uh, convention that uh, the father was at yeah. Robbie the robot from Forbidden Planet he was yeah. 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 totally talking to him when he was trying to talk on the phone 
I don't n- understand the question. What, did you notice that, um... I don't use it myself. The time it machine from, from H.G. Wells' time machine was in the background, mm-hmm. too? Mm-hmm. And when they, did you notice... When they cut Steven away and then Spielberg? cut... No, when they, when they cut away and then they cut back, the time machine was gone, and all the people that were yeah. standing right are like, what? <laughs> like, like, and yeah. it just disappeared? <laughs> I missed that. Yeah. They didn't yeah. have the 18 band. <laughs> I didn't have the 18 band, but Steven Spielberg did ride his little bicycle through the middle of the shot, so... You didn't notice that? Yeah. No, I didn't. Okay, that's that's one of the cameos that was in the in the movie. Um, the uh the guy that Billy is talking to when he's sketching in the bar is actually Chuck Jones, creator of Bugs Bunny. Ah, very cool. Yeah. So they got him in there, and let's see what else we got. Well, the uh, the. Uh, one thing I read oh. somewhere, I don't remember that the set was the same set that they used in Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. The theater was the same uh, theater that Michael J. Fox drove the DeLorean into in Back to the Future. Yeah. <clears throat> same same set on the back of the Paramount lot. Wait, Back yeah. to the Future was 86, wasn't it? <clears throat> it was after Gremlins, wasn't it? Uh, I'm not sure on, on the date, to be honest with you. Well, myself. I'm going to look it up then because I'm that much of a dork nerd. Um, and the idea of this the of the Gremlins came back from okay. uh, Chris Columbus. He came up with the idea, or Chris Columbus, or I forget who. What? Uh, da, 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 the the people who the guy who was Chris Columbus. They came up with the idea for the Gremlins after living in an apartment in New York, which apparently had really bad mouse problem, and he would hear the mice skittering all around his apartment as he was sleeping at night. And that made him think of little things running around in the dark, which came up with the idea for Gremlins. And what about nice. the Mogwai? The Mo- well, then I guess it just went from there. Mogwai. Now I'm pretty sure I have a bit of trivia that isn't. I, I want to double check the IMDb that uh, they didn't uh, actually have this. I'll be disappointed if they actually put it in here because Mr. Futterman's name came from an uh, another one of the uncredited uh, cameos. The guy who played the uh, priest uh, was an actor who played Teddy Futterman on the Nancy Walker show uh, in the mid-70s. Wow. Yeah, uh, actor by the name of William Shallard, who's been in all sorts of things. He's uh, was an actor all the way from the 60s, basically, I think. Yeah, let's see, when did his career... I'm not sure. Let's see. Up until uh, 2011. Wow. Yeah, he's uh, he was on Bag of Bones. Uh he's been on he was Mayor Norris in True Blood. Very cool. So, wow. yeah, he's been a character actor for a very very long time. So, <laughs> opinions of him Josh. as a character actor? I think he's quite good. No. <laughs> oh. Oh, very. Yeah, he's very. I have What do you think? I have a deep abiding love for this film. Uh I originally was not allowed to see it because uh, my mother had gotten some reports about the content that were incorrect. She believed that a gremlin somehow managed to rip a woman in half. I'm not what? sure how that, how that would work. Well, that uh, partially goes from the original draft of the script was a lot more violent than what happened on the screen. Apparently, uh, Spielberg stepped in because, you know, after the – when Billy gets home and saves his mom from the gremlin – Yeah. Apparently that scene, he was supposed to get home and the gremlins were supposed to throw her disembodied head down the stairs. I would have so been. it was a lot darker. They were supposed to, the dog was supposed to have been killed. They were supposed to have killed his mother and it was a, a lot more violent than, uh, a lot more visceral than it originally, than it was when it came out. So she may have just heard something about that. So she's not totally off the mark on yeah, it. Yeah, it could be. 
I just know that for a long time, uh, eventually she relented. I don't think I ever got to see it in the theater. I think I had to wait until it was on VHS. Okay. But, uh, oh, I got to see it in the theater. I saw it in the theater, too. But from the I moment I watched it, uh, I, I, I loved it. It was one of my favorite films of the era, uh, obviously behind the Indiana Jones movies, which I was yeah. allowed to see. You, they took Despite you to see the fact they Temple ripped somebody's of... heart out. Yep. Yeah. The, the face melted in the first one. <laughs> yep. I think that's enough to say I'm not. Who, who wants sex. to see an animatronic puppet kill somebody? We can see people kill somebody. Indeed. Right. <laughs> I can see the Lord do it. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> okay then. He was a Nazi. Yeah, they're not people. They're Nazis. <laughs> they're Nazis. And his face they don't care. Jesus yeah. made it that way. You don't even get points for him. <laughs> nope. Not at all. <laughs> anyway, moving on. What were you saying? So, uh, no, I was, I was just saying, I mean, I, I watched it with, uh, Katie, my 13 year old, and I believe it's the second time she's seen it. And you know what? There are, a, there, I thought there were a lot of very 80s parts in it, like the breakdancing scene yeah. with, you know, got the, you know, and it, but it, Shut it up. held up. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> Let me rock you, Sean. Let me rock you, Oh, shut up. <laughs> Sorry. So I thought, I mean, honestly, the bar scene, I, I laughed out loud many times. My personal favorite and most the funniest scene in the movie for me has got to be when you've got the Sam Spade gremlin with the fedora smoking the cigarette and the, bo- and the glass of scotch. And the other gremlin with the little bee puppet shows up. <laughs> just, just, the, the one scene where that where the Sam Spade gremlin turns and looks at the screen and just has that, can you believe this shit, <laughs> look on his face and then hits him upside the head with the mallet. I... I'll laugh out loud every single t- time I see it. And that that was pretty and much like a like a uh forefather to Gremlins 2, that type of humor right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think <laughs> they struck the balance better in the first one cuz I think they went too far with it in the second. Yeah. Well, from what I understand when they made the second one is essentially they after the first one did so good, they were like, "All right, you have free reign, do whatever it was you a want." Cash grab. Yeah, exactly. That, you want to yeah, sell toys would... at that point. Yeah, you're just oh, trying, you're a, just trying to invent characters. Wife. You can make so, toys yeah. after. He's a cra- he's exactly right. Yeah. Exactly. And, so, and I think it also. Ooh, I was just gonna say you play to your audience. The, the reason that part of that worked is that they liked the funny. The kids did, so they played to that. That's all. Yeah, exactly. I, one thing I do want to say um, is in the opening scene, you know, with Hoyt Axton in the in Chinatown, or uh, they never really even say if is he actually in the Orient or is he, he just at a Chinatown of San Francisco? Yeah, he's like, at a buffet and it was in the back. But anyway. That just pretty much shows like what a bad salesman he is. That whole scene, like he can't cold read, you know, the guy and see, you know, this guy has zero interest in buying whatever product you have. You can't tell by looking around the room. Your little bathroom buddy doesn't belong in this place. You know, and but when you it, know what? When, that's part of how charming he was. But it's, I mean, and the thing goes bad. You know, his whole sales pitch goes bad. It squirts all over him. He doesn't really cover very well for that. I just, you know, you just said he squirted all over him and come in the same breath. <laughs> yes, that's, that's why wow. I really love you. Pat, I do. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for that. Oh, um, you made me feel dirty right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, all, so. and also, he was just like, like intentionally trying to waste that kid's time. Because they tried to, you know, hey, where's your where's your shop? I want to buy some stuff for Christmas. And he gets there and he tries to sell the guy the other thing. Like, that was kind of rude, well, I thought. He did a good job with the uh, selling the smokeless ashtray to the guy at the gas station. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And he's, <laughs> and he's walking out and just smoking up a storm. <laughs> yeah, like he's like that, that'll stop. Yeah, that'll yeah stop. well, it's supposed to do that. It'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was pretty funny. I like that. He was a horrible inventor. Horrible. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not even sure what the playing card thing was supposed to be doing. Yeah, I'm not either. Uh, maybe it was just to like to deal. 
Well, I mean, it, it looked like he was trying wasn't to make shuffling. Yeah, it was, no, he was trying to make some kind of blackjack shoe. It looked like, but it just was not a very well designed one, obviously, because yeah. well, for so many reasons that I'm not going to go into. <laughs> Bet's going to nerd out on another direction. Exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll nerd out in like in like casino gambling reason. You know, you don't need that. So. He's stuttering. He's so excited about talking about gambling. And I get these cards, and I like to play with the chips. <laughs> anyway, so round table, thumbs up, thumbs down, wait, around the table. Hey, hey we're not done. Oh wait, all right, all right. We're so we're not done with this movie. You're, you're cutting this yeah, movie up, going. buddy. What are you? <laughs> you you had to talk about Chaka Khan for an hour, so we're going to talk about this movie. Chaka. I talk about Chaka Khan next, for an hour. My next question is: Who brings a dog to the bank? Come on, that's just does Billy that. Peltzer, <laughs> and that's yeah. why he's a loser. Apparently, Captain Clip-On. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he's not going to be a millionaire like like Gerald because of that dog. Maybe he was he's, having a rough day. We've talked I mean, about body counts in movies from this era. There's only two confirmed kills, and one of them was pretty much completely ignored. Like the uh, character I was talking about, the high school science teacher. He's the first person who was actually killed. And he just mm-hmm. dies, and no one ever refers to it again. And, and, and the, in the original draft, they had um, he, w- he was supposed to be punctured all over by like like a hundred uh, needles. Yeah, right. Down to one. And, and once again, Spielberg walked in and went, "You know, we're aiming at families." Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Does that count? Does that count for all the gremlins? There was a hell of a lot of body count for gremlins. No, not not for the gremlins. And you can assume that some of the uh, unnamed characters, like the guy in the Santa suit, probably died. But only right. two named characters uh, actually died on screen, uh, which are the I, science teacher, which I just found it was so weird that Billy went to the cops and didn't mention whether it's, a, oh, yeah, you're crazy, kid. It's like, go to the high school. My teacher's yeah. dead. His body's probably <laughs> still there because we haven't referred to it at all for the last <laughs> two hours. <laughs> Because he just disappeared into a cloud of ether like he was in a video game. Well, he was only the, he was probably the only black guy in town, so. <laughs> and of course, guy. Mrs. Deagle. Yeah. Mrs. Deagle, yes. Was the other yep. on-screen death. Dude, that yeah. was crazy how far she flew out of that window and impossible. But still, it was crazy. And fun. It was a nice yeah. release. It was. It was a fitting death for for that character. And the cops are horrible in that town. There's a little yeah, bit of trouble, yeah. and they're like, let's yeah. get out of here and go back to the cop station. The yeah. Station. Even even Katie is like, why are they not doing cop stuff? <laughs> and He's like, I'd really like to go back home now. These are not the hero cops you hear of. <laughs> oh, no. where's John McClane? He would have took them all on. And then they hit the A team okay. ramp and just flipped over. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't happen to notice that they, as they're flipping over the entire bottom of their car was just one giant sheet of metal. I'm like, well, that's yeah. obvious. <laughs> yeah, they had the ramp. You could see that ramp thing yeah, right the off ramp the ramp. Yeah, you know, it just looked really bad. I was like, well, you could tell you didn't have a whole lot of budget for this one. Yeah, well, because they were spending forty grand a piece on all those damn gremlins. <laughs> exactly. That's why all the money went into the gremlins. <laughs> well, you know what else this, this movie had was a great advertising scheme. Or beforehand, well, for the movie, because remember, you didn't see anything except, if you look at the poster, you've got the, just, um, the Magua, you've got Gizmo and his two hands looking out of the box, and that's all you saw. They didn't let anything out hmm. until the movie was released. And then after the movie, even if you went into like a store or something, they had the toys and all that, and they were all covered up and boxed over and stuff. And it wasn't until the movie was released that that's when they let everybody see what it was. 
And of course, everyone's like, "Oh my God, Gizmo's so cute!" And everybody wanted one. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I when he jumps out of the box, and I think they did a really cool thing too. What's with in the box? you didn't really, well, yeah, you didn't really see the gremlins full on until. Oh, yeah. I mean, because, like, after the teacher gets attacked, you know, Billy goes into the uh, nurse's office, and the gremlin jumps out of the cabinet, but you only see him for a split second before he runs off. Billy, don't be a hero. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Okay, so, wait, is Patrick, Patrick, you're talking about the movie now, right? Yeah, well, I was just going to say one thing that really actually kind of bothered me during this movie. Was that the scene when when they first when um when what's his face uh, the kid I can't think of his name all of a sudden um Billy Corey Feldman's character he um oh, knocks Pete. the water knocks the water onto Gizmo and and poor Gizmo is sitting there kicking and screaming and you know and, and they're just like oh yeah and they're just looking at him and the isn't that pop- neat yeah as as like grab a towel you assholes help this thing out do something and then you know, <laughs> and these things start popping off and all they do is they stare at those and then in the meantime in the background you see Gizmo still going ah. Like, like he's being attacked by acid. You're just like, oh yeah, sucks to be you. I'm gonna check this thing out over here. I love this guy. Yeah. Let's watch him burn. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, help that poor thing out. <laughs> and then, and then when he takes takes the uh, one of the ex, the second Mogwais to the to the teacher, he's like, oh, check this out. Dumps water on him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, are you are you picking up that these things probably don't like this? Yeah. <laughs> Did you not hear the screaming pain that, that your other pet was in? You know. <laughs> And you even hear you even hear the one Magway in the box when he picks up the water drop you hear you hear this little voice go, Uh oh Yeah <laughs> It's like Oh come on. We just sold ten million more units. <laughs> I just I just thought and that the, would I mean I am sure they're gonna help that poor creature out. What do you you know, that yeah. bothered me. So And then and then the dad wants to sell one to everyone everybody in the United States. Yeah. So Okay, so they can't eat after midnight. What yeah, time the, can the, they the, eat the, again? Yeah, the most glaring plot hole in the entire movie. Like at what point can they eat? <laughs> because technically, it's always after midnight. I mean, I guess you could say sunrise. I mean, that's, yeah. that's probably the most logical thing, but sunrise always changes. So, like, if you have a dog in Finland, or one of these, if you have a gizmo in Finland, a mogwai, it could never eat during, like, three months of the year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it, like, an internal <laughs> clock? I mean, how do they know? Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what exactly is the cutoff? Is it is it like eleven fifty nine and fifty nine seconds? Like subtle, or I mean, when does it start? You know, it's just so ambiguous. Does it go by your clocks, their clocks, their internal clock? I don't know. And uh, why weren't the uh, gremlins shooting uh, balls of gremlin out of their mouths when they were drinking beer and soda? That's a good point. <laughs> or Wait, does it work for gremlins? Oh, it does. Run- shooting gremlins out of their mouth? Yeah, because I mean, there's. Or they, they, should out be, they, they should be leaving dozens of gremlins in their wake, running through the snow. Just all their right. snow prints should, the footprints of the snow should be popping up with little tiny gremlins all the time. Because snow is water. Yep. Uh, My childhood is slowly being ruined by this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I used to thought this movie was great. Now I think it sucks. And, and then, and then you go, you go, and 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 Spike jumps in the pool. That just opens up a whole new can of worms. Like, I mean, that is just like exponentially creating gremlins by the millions, you know, because everyone that pops off is created, is getting wet instantly and popping off so many more. And you suddenly, yeah, it's, it's like, a, it's like tribbles, but like to the nth, nth power. Degree, yeah. Okay. My turn? Yes. Okay. 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 Another <laughs> okay. 80s movie. Okay. Okay. No. Um, Leo was later, but gremlins. Gremlins next to RoboCop has to be probably one of my favorite 80s movies. RoboCop being probably at the top of my list for that kind of like, 
I don't know. I don't want to say ever, but like that genre of sci-fi that got turned into kids related stuff over time. Cause not everyone did. It's a genre. It is because Robocop was uh, very hard R. And then over time, it turned into a cartoon. It became a cartoon and toys and coloring books and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, I, I loved Robocop, but Gremlins, I distinctly remember that whole sequence in the kitchen very vividly with the Gremlin in the blender and the microwave and Spike at the end. I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it. Spoilers, but <laughs> just the whole movie. It's over 30 years old. There's yeah, no spoiler I don't think we need spoiler tags on, on, on our, you know. Dude, on, what if somebody just woke up from a coma? the end of anything that we do, I don't think we need any spoiler tags. <laughs> if a kid yeah, woke somebody... up from a coma just now and he hadn't seen it, and then subscribe to our podcast. To us to learn about what he's missed, he's going to be a fucked up kid. <laughs> well, no, he's an adult now, you dumbass. He was a kid when he went into the coma. 30 years later, he's an adult now. Ah, Jesus. brain. Oh, well, he figures that this is the perfect podcast to catch him up on yeah. everything that's happened. It's like, yeah, the stuff that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I I absolutely we, we love... In the, like, we didn't start the fire for this guy. Is that what you're saying? This movie and... I had a, like you said, Mike, I had a Mogwai, I had a Gizmo stuffed animal that I carried around with me all the time. Slept with it, loved it. Did, never had any of the Gremlins toys. Like they had, I remember they had like little plastic figures of the Gremlins, but I, I'm pretty sure I saw the second one in the theater, but not the first one. Um, it was, oh, to this day, and it, it held up. I was afraid it wasn't going to hold up because I don't think I've seen it in probably uh, 20 years, maybe. I don't know, 15, however long it's been. Not, not since it was out almost. But I saw it several times. It's a little when it, cheesy, but it does hold up. Yeah, you're right. I think it's I think it's a solid movie. I mean, some of the effects are a little weak, but the story's solid. The characters are good. The 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 gremlins themselves are iconic, and so is Gizmo. So you can't. I mean, because of that, it has staying power. That that's the big key to any. I think any good movie is that it has something iconic about it that makes you want to go back and watch it. Friday Thirteenth movies suck. They do, but I love them all because Jason is an iconic character. Just like any other franchise, you know, Robocop, the second, third one are terrible and the subsequent movies they made in Canada are awful, but Robocop is an icon. So you automatically are drawn to it and you want to enjoy it, even if sometimes it's garbage. It's like with Hanna-Barbera cartoons. They're really at the base core. They're, they're garbage, but they <laughs> made iconic characters. They, they made iconic, iconic people that people love and will always I'm, love. So I'm glad somebody else agrees with me that Hanna-Barbera is crap. They were, but you, the characters, you see them on a t-shirt and you want to buy it. You're like, oh man, I loved Kung, uh, Hong Kong Fui when I was a kid. But the reality is it was really pretty much a garbage cartoon. Yeah. So. Well, the, the, the Hanna-Barbera races were, were okay, but the actual shows like they did, the, you know, like the Jetsons and the Flintstones were just bad. But anyway, it's a whole other topic. Right. Anyway, well, that's I, my two cents. I think one of the things that Joel was kind of touching on that I firmly believe is that one of the reasons films, especially in this era, hold up a little bit better than things from, I don't know, seven, eight years later is because practical effects, I think, age a little bit better than early CG. Absolutely. Yeah, they do. I didn't think I was said anything to do with that, but I agree with you. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, no, I mean, I think it, I think you're right, Jess, because it's the, uh, one, the amount of skill that it takes to put together these practical effects, even, you know, going down from everything going on in the movie theater, uh, when they're watching Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, which is another hilarious great, scene. Yeah. You know, and going down to the stop motion animation of a stripe leading all those gremlins down the street. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Which reminds me when they're chasing them in the theater and you see them on the, the, the screen from the flip side, that's animated. 
Oh, is it? Yeah, that was animated. Very cool. Really? Yeah, uh, that was really good. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Oh, um, yeah. oh crap. What was I going to say? Oh, nuts. Oh, I was watching a documentary on Ray Harryhausen. Speaking of, of iconic and stop motion. Stop motion, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They showed some of the stuff that he was doing back in the day, like black and white stuff. And seriously, it holds up as well, if not better, than some of the CGI crap that you see now. Well, yeah, like his version of the creature from the Black Lagoon is just as good as, you know. Any, oh, a lot of special I mean, the, effects you see nowadays, yeah. The skeleton battle scene from uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, yeah. There's something to be said, like you said, Josh, about practical effects holding up, even though sometimes it's obvious and there's things about it that are chintzy or whatever. It, I would rather have that, and I've said it before on other venues, but I would rather have that than have CGI that's subpar. Well, yeah. I honestly think I, th- I think the biggest difference and it makes much more of a difference like you know to your eyes than people realize it, is how important correct lighting is and and you can't get the lighting right in CGI and they haven't even still got it completely right they're getting really really close but like if you have an animatronic puppet obviously it's going to have the correct lighting because you don't have to replicate it so it just looks a lot more realistic that's just my take so all the way around gremlins thumbs up oh yeah definitely thumbs up yeah, I easily watch it again. Thumbs yeah, up. Good stuff. Yeah. The, the last thing I want to say, I personally want to say about it, um, an interesting little fact is uh, if you notice on the marquee at one point, it lists two movies. It says A Boy's Life and it says Watch the Skies. Those were the two movies that it had listed. And those yeah. those uh, were the working titles for E.T. and Close Encounters. Nice. Hmm. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Nice. I just like the fact that after Gremlins, everybody started cranking out these little monster movies. Like Ghoulies. Ghoulies and Critters. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know, yeah, we got to do no, that. Did you ever see the movie? So, oh, Jesus. It was another one of those critter movies. <laughs> oh, really? Well, yeah. Lots of little G's eye. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the plural for Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, good there. <laughs> see? Right. Uh, so, everybody, we're going to take a break right now. And uh, when we come back, we are going to go over the movie Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale from 2010. It's a Finnish movie. So it's we don't have any sound bites from it because we wouldn't know what they were saying anyway because you can't put subtitles on an, audio, on an audio podcast, I discovered. Yeah. So we'll be back in just a bit. Shaka Khan. Tony's, it's from his latest, latest album, Songs I Sing in My Bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) So, Rare Exports came out in 2010, and in the depths of the 
Curvaturi Mountains. We're going to be doing that a lot. <laughs> yeah, we are. 486 meters deep lies the closest ever guarded secret of Christmas. The time has come to dig it up. Christmas, this Christmas, everyone will believe in Santa Claus. I have mixed feelings about this movie. Oh, no. Really? Well, well let's go over. It's, okay, directed by Jamarli Helander, <laughs> who has directed nothing else we've ever seen. Wait uh, at least on this. I'm not sure don't that's say true. that. Yeah, don't say that. Uh, you sure? Just, nothing I've seen. I know that. Yeah, because I I looked it up and nothing jumped out at me on here, man. Uh, Maximilian Tarzan. Did you see that? Dude, that was <laughs> that was the shit. <laughs> I can say I've never seen any of these movies. How about? Uh, I'm, I'm just double checking because I actually I like a lot of the stuff from Finland. So I was just making sure that he was not uh, involved in like Troll Hunter or some of the other things I've seen. See, and uh, I was yeah, shocked yeah. at your comment about Troll Hunter, which we'll get to probably in a minute. But anyway, moving on. I'm really, I'm really intrigued by this, by the way, this Maximilian Tarzan, because I'm imagining the robot from the Black Hole. Ad, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and I'm liking that movie. <laughs> okay, well, whatever that is, it came out in 1999, and Kari Stark shows is Tarzan. Oh, Kari Stark, yeah. And then there's of the Starks of the North. Yeah, I don't know how to say that name, but it has a lot of dots over a lot of Are letters. There consonants in it? In it? Umlauts. A lot of umlauts. A lot of umlauts. Okay. So, oh my god. Um, yes. So, yeah, so, going back to rare exports. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> so, it's the cast. Again, there's three people have. Just skip the cast, because nobody's going to know unless we have yeah. listeners in Finland. And if they are, write us a letter and let us know, and we'll come back and we'll t- we'll. We would touch. love to know. And we will well, Peter on Herring, too, while we're at it. Well, Peter Jacoby, that was the um the guy running the digger, running the dig, wasn't it? Don't get racist. Uh, no, that was... Uh, Jacoby was the original elf. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to we'll that. Get to that. We'll get you to can't that. know. Yeah, okay, so a bunch of people that we don't know but i was impressed all around with yeah i mean there's some good acting in this i mean the kid pitari the kid was really good yes he was he really I, I was very impressed by him yeah and the um his dad you know i mean the the kid and his dad were very good okay so the whole idea the he, premise behind this the, the, the dad there's... had a very um what, what what's his name uh vigo mortensen from the road vibe to him <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah good point <laughs> in fact everybody did he was finished <laughs> The road is actually just how to, how to, is a daily commute in Finland. Um, <laughs> so here's the deal. There's a dig going on on the top of a mountain and they discover a grave. Yes. It's just over the border between Finland and Russia. A- an American team so. is digging, uh, into the mountain because there's some sort of grave that the company that has put the Americans there to dig is interested in getting a cargo from. It's unspecified something. Which initially, I was, I was like, this is a finished movie, so I was totally expecting subtitles right away. And then it started out in English. I'm like, wait, what? This is the right movie. Oh, I was a little thrown off. That didn't surprise me at all, considering in Finland, both speaking Finnish and English with uh, perfect bilinguality, that's very common. It's just, one of my favorite bands is from Finland, and everything they sing is in English. I do want to go to Finland. It's supposed to be so awesome there. You are all nerding out on a totally weird level right now. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Don't get me wrong. It's just like it's, it's like one of the happiest places on earth. There's you know, especially it's it's very um it's it's very science based. It's very you know there's a, there's the highest concentration of atheists in the world. It's like they're, they're just you know 
the, 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 the smallest amount of suicide, highest amount of reported happiness, highest median income. I mean, it just seems like a great place. Why would they and take you? Thank you. <laughs> I was ah, waiting shit. for that. He's a happy. He's in, he's in a, Thank you very much for that because thing. I did quote that song last week and nobody picked up on it. So, Because <laughs> uh, I said last week we were talking about Finland you know, for this movie and I was like, oh, that's quite where I want to be. <laughs> I want to be pony trekking or camping, <laughs> or just watching TV. Finland, Finland, Finland. I, I, I think Monty Python has had a bigger effect it's on my life than I realized. Yeah. <laughs> One like, cool the, thing: the first time someone says something nice about Finland, I'm like, yes, I am very receptive to this. I am ready for this. <laughs> One cool thing for me watching this movie: uh, I knew what it was all about. But my wife, Sarah, sat down to watch it with me, and she knew nothing about it going in. Oh, nice. She only knew the title. So <laughs> and that's really, really – I went into it, too. I didn't know anything about it other than what you guys said last week. I I knew minimal on this. And I hadn't – I mean, I knew it existed, and I knew it had something to do with, you know, this awful Santa Claus thing. But – um Yes. It, the acting all around was great. The plot was great. The story was great. It was Something original. has to be – it was. It was a very original story, Fair. very well told, and I liked it. I thought I did like the movie. The big downturn for me. Oh boy. I know where you're going with You know what I'm going to say. Yeah. YMC. A lot of old man wiener in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not just, I mean, I, I'm not saying that I have a, a scale of what is, <laughs> constitutes too much old man wiener, because just one at first. <laughs> because. <laughs> Well, apparently, I have become immune to old man wiener now that I start have started working out in, in actual gyms in public. Because you walk around a locker room, you know, there's a lot of old man wiener. You just kind of develop an immunity. Didn't yeah, even it didn't bother, bother me. It's like whatever. Yeah. Not 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 even when the hundreds look, of them were running look, across look, the plane. Look at all the various old peni. That's plural. Oh, geez, it doesn't I, work. That doesn't work. The collective <laughs> noun is a resurrection of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and Josh wins at the internet tonight. Oh, uh, here's your internet point. Yeah. Holy crap! Your medals okay. at the mail. <laughs> okay, so let's let's give the listeners a, a quick plot rundown. They're digging in digging in this mountain. They discover Santa Claus's grave, which ho ho oh, oh no. Yeah, exactly. This boy discovered, you know, he does a little research. They go cut through the fence and they're watching them dig like they shouldn't be doing. Apparently, like naughty little children. Apparently less of a grave and more of just a prison as we find out. Yeah. <laughs> and he discovers that Santa Claus is actually leans a little bit more towards the Krampus legend. Right. Somebody said yeah. that when I said I was watching it. They're like, Krampus? I'm like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Santa Claus just got had really good publicity people after this thing and what actually is Krampus and uh, uh, apparently is going to come drag all the children away that are naughty. And one by one, after they dig into this mountain, children in town start to disappear. And the, uh, the wait, no, the first thing that happens is that the, uh, the reindeer herd gets eaten or killed. Slaughtered. And, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the herd of reindeer that they're they're banking on for their money and food for the upcoming winter is slaughtered, and eventually they discover in this uh, illegal wolf pit a older and elderly gentleman who matches what we know as 
Santa Claus. So I believe they were going to, when they assumed he was dead, they were going to disembowel him and then bury him? Yeah, it looks like they were going to chop him up on the uh, saw that they used to slaughter the hogs. Yeah, he, okay, so he, he was about to get dismembered on a band saw. So is what that was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he finally comes, he comes back, you know, he wakes up, and apparently is a lot tougher than when they originally gave him credit for. Oh, uh, yeah. So they uh, get in they touch. They naked guy. in Finland. you got to be pretty tough for that. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're in Finland walking around naked, man, you've got some balls. Well, yeah. they're just not well, showing. Not <laughs> yeah. Old man touches so, well, and because they, he's wearing a stolen uh, jacket uniform from one of the Americans from the dig, they believe that he is an American. 55-year-old American guy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They're like, he can't be. He's only 55. That's what I read anyway. Yeah. So they they basically said they're going to trade him for a ransom for the $85,000 that they were supposed to have gotten for all these reindeer that got slaughtered yep. and get in touch with the guy in charge of the, the dig. Which pound they discover that this is not a dig employee, nor is it Santa Claus, who they assumed it was, because they just little by little everything picks up. They discover that they, they think it's Santa Claus, and they discover that this is not Santa Claus, but one of his elves. I, I got I got a question real quick though, going back just a little bit. Where did that kid come up with all those books? Because it's not like they lived in the, near to a, a library, and if he had if he had access to like for some reason just this cachet of Santa reference books, you know, if he had that, wouldn't he already know about Santa? Wouldn't he not need to read about it? Because, I mean, that seems like that's something like if your family had this around, somebody in the family is a Santa expert already. Well, it could be that his mother was big into folklore and fairy tales and had a library of this sort of thing. Pat, haven't you ever heard of Amazon.com? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it be Amazon.fi? Huh? For Finland? So anyway, Jizai. That Joel. Um, <laughs> that was last week, dude. That was last week. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> Keep it moving. That was so, so last week, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. So they discover that he's actually one of the elves who are apparently really good at throwing pickaxes. Yeah. <laughs> Hundreds <laughs> of immortal naked old dudes. <laughs> who have been practicing their pickaxe throwing skills in the offseason. Yeah. And their caber toss. <laughs> That's, yeah. It was... So these, uh, the, they try to do this trade off. But not their hygiene. (laughs) Yeah, hygiene was definitely not high on the list for these guys. So they, they try to do this trade off and the elves attack. So imagine being attacked by hundreds of naked old men carrying pickaxes. Sounds like my dreams. Yeah, once again, there's a sentence that I was not expecting to say this morning. (laughs) And, um, the, uh, they duck into a, a shelter? What was it? Like a what is that called where you put airplanes? A hangar. A hangar. They duck into this hangar, and in this hangar is this gigantic ice ball with horns. With with I mean, with like horns the size, of, literally the size of a pickup truck. Yeah, they're like like ridiculous, like war size horns. <laughs> yeah. What I thought was awesome about the hangar is there was this bit with the kid in his advent calendar, where because he'd learned to hate and fear Santa, he was like taping up and then later stapling the 24th door on the advent calendar. Mm -hmm. And of course he looks into the hangar. It's got the big number 24 on it for the final door. Yep. Yeah. I thought that was pretty clever too. Good stuff. But so Santa Claus apparently is a demon (laughs) I'm going with. More or less. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how to describe him. Ancient evil. Right. Yeah. 
So and they di- yeah. they dispatch him in a clever and interesting way because honestly, you watch this movie if you like this wacky kind of crap. Okay, uh, 2010. Hold on. Spoilers. Okay, go ahead. If you like this wacky kind of crap, <laughs> they destroy him with tons of dynamite and blow him up. Well, and I, I like the fact that they climb up the ice sculpture to get the horns first. Right, they cut the yeah. horns yeah, first. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they're like, oh, yeah, no, but when, when, when he starts approaching it with the chainsaw, I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> right. In that moment, but right before when uh, everyone finally realizes that they have to listen to the kid because they haven't been listening to him this whole time, and he just takes charge and lays down the plan, mm-hmm. his heroism and eventual sacrifice which probably saves himself because he is revealed to not be a naughty boy after all, but a nice one. Right. Um, yeah. That I, I thought was just a great turning point for the movie. And I kind of looked at how much time was left. I was like, wait a minute. This this isn't the end. Where where are we going with this? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I want to I say one thing real quick before we move on past that is to his sacrifice. I was slightly disappointed in the, in the choice that the filmmakers took in like, I would have liked it so much more if he had been saved because, you know, he was a pure kid. He wasn't a, na- a naughty boy or anything, you know, he, I mean, because he'd been so worried about that the whole show. But they immediately squashed that by saying, oh, looks like your, your boys are out of a job. You know, we killed Santa and that's why they're not attacking you. It's like, no, you know, it, it was, you know, let it be because the kid was, you know, so maybe kill Santa like two minutes after the kid realizes right. he's good, you know. <laughs> I kind of think yeah. it was both. I mean, yeah, I know the timing was conspicuous. Yeah, but, but I'm saying the filmmaker could have purposely made it where he gets he purposely gets saved because he's a good kid, and then Santa dies, and then maybe the creatures, you know, come out of their catatonic state, whatever. I don't know, but I'm just saying, I think it's you know, like, I think they did a disservice to the character by not giving him the full arc of showing that he knows he's a good kid, you know? Sure. Yeah. Well, then it takes a turn for the weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then apparently they take all the Senate, all the elves and take him to pedophile school. Well, no, yeah. No. No. no they they were teaching him how to be Catholic priests. That's what it I was, thought. It was a finished <laughs> film, though. They had they had to have an odd ending. They're like, oh, don't Vidanskin, don't go to Hernaferna. You know, it's like, <laughs> and what that means translated is that it's it is a finished film. We can't leave it normal because then the Americans will watch all our movies. So they slapped on this weird ending that is only in the American version, by the way. The original finished version ends with an orgy. Uh, not with any of the people in the movie, just they tacked an orgy on. I'm looking that shit up right yeah, now. That's got to be false. <laughs> I'm going to call bullshit on that. I I really thought when they went into that, that it was a clever, because I, I didn't see it as taking them to pedophile school at all. They had to spend a year conditioning these insane, immortal guys to treat children nicely instead of like trying to kill them or bury pickaxes in their heads yeah, the first instant they misbehave. <laughs> I thought I thought it was very funny, you know, and the concept was really funny, except for, you know, the petting of the kids was unnecessary. Don't pet the kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. If you put your kid That's... if you put your kid in Santa's side but he starts petting him, you're gonna punch Santa in the face. <laughs> I think that's what that's what towed the line over pet, to uh, Santa Claus training to pedophile school for me is the petting of the children. Yeah, and they, you know, and they, I understand what they were trying to say. They were like trying to communicate: don't attack, be nice, and everything. But it just like maybe they wanted to communicate that in a different way. Right. <laughs> yeah. These guys to pet the children, <laughs> give the kid the box. You know, here's to give the box. You know, that sort of thing. And it was really, I mean, it was kind of cool. Yeah, I like kind of creepy. But I will say. Made- Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, the one thing I didn't understand is I didn't exactly understand how they were planning on monetizing that at all. Like, oh, well, yeah, they were the rare exports. It makes the title come full circle. It's like, basically, you're selling these immortal beings as personal Santa Clauses all across the world to anyone who can afford to pay 85 grand. 
Right, and I and I guess that's you know, I mean, I guess they would just sell them to rich people. I mean, I didn't even think about it from that standpoint. I mean, I'm trying to figure out like, how is this worth eighty five thousand dollars or what? You know, who's buying these? But I guess yeah, a personal Santa. I guess that makes sense. And they're immortal. And, and, I mean, yep. yeah, how badass is that? <laughs> and then apparently they airdrop them. Right, they don't have any protection <laughs> in the crates. They're immortal. Who cares? Right. There's an old man in a box over here. I mean, what if you what if you miss the what if you miss the hit? You know, what if you accidentally push out the box a little bit late, a little bit early, and it like winds up what in the middle of like an orphanage or something? And you've got this old dude in a box, Santa in a box. <laughs> Sorry. So I mean, I liked it, but it was so. It, I mean, it it, it, it did feel a little. Honestly, it felt a little tacked on, but I still enjoyed it. It, it was, was funny. It gave a light ending to the end of the movie. It was your typical foreign film ending, though. I don't watch a lot of foreign films, so, so that's your yeah. problem. For yeah. me, I liked it before the plot twist at the end, and the plot twist at the end was what made the movie for me. I was like, they've got this cottage industry with the little <laughs> like fat Santa as their uh, emblem. Oh, the emblem's awesome. I like that one. I would love a shirt with that guy on it. I was like, <laughs> this is such a cool twist. It reminded me of the moment uh, I first saw the ending to Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We need to talk about that movie at some point. Yeah. Let's yeah, talk about it now. <clears throat> so, but no, I, you know what? I can, I can see the parallel where it's got that weird little twist at the end where it all comes out happy. Sort of, yeah. Sort kind of. <laughs> Except for the Sandas that are in, in indentured servants for the rest of their lives. Which yeah. is forever. Yep, exactly. Yeah, which, which, I mean, and then how do you write that into a will? <laughs> yeah, how do you pass you? down your Santa? <laughs> yeah, what did you get when your grandfather died? He gave me another old man. He keeps petting me. I don't get this. <laughs> I'm 37. I wish he'd stop. <laughs> so, I mean, I liked it. I liked it in the same vein of, like you said, with the Cabin in the Woods. Where of the, you know, that tongue in cheek kind of movie. I'll put my tongue in your cheek. I'm getting in the car now. I've done it before. Anyway. <laughs> so I, that, I, just weirdness. I, I, I enjoyed this movie much more than I expected to. Cause first of all, the, the production value was a lot higher than I was expecting going into it. I didn't think it was going to be like a, I thought it was just going to be like a cheap little, and a, I don't know what, apparently what, what it's I really, really, but. Yeah, I, I was expecting a lot worse effects than what I saw. Yeah, and I am impressed with the i. They got a lot of old men to run naked in the snow. <laughs> I mean, and how do you do a casting call for that? Let's <laughs> see. It's like, you know, you're all sitting. You're sitting. It's like sitting in this huge warehouse. It's freezing cold. There's snow all over the place. All right, we'd like you to disrobe and just run at us. Well, that's another and, thing I like and, about Finland is is that the weed is legal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you talk about the special effects. I mean, you know why they were so good. I mean, they took time to finish them. That's all. Oh. Uh, and on that note, geez, I. <laughs> thank you. Okay. It won awards. I thought the camera was, work and overall, like the artistic direction, was very solid. Yeah. I mean, I, oh yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. I mean, from yeah, from visually, end, it I was, really it was liked really good. It. Yeah. And people were asking how you could have a comparison with this and Gremlins, but. It's an alternative Christmas movie. It's not necessarily something you would. I mean, it is a Christmas movie, but it's not something you would put in with your family. You're like, hey, let's watch Rare Exports. You know. But, but funny enough, this is far less gory than than Gremlins was. It was a lot less gory and, than, and than it I considered was a family movie. You know. 
And I, in my head, when you made the connection to Gremlins, in my head, I just had that stop motion scene where Sp- where Stripe is leading all the Gremlins, all these little naked Santa Clauses running around. Exactly. In stop motion. I mean, it, it it's not a direct comparison, but you can see where if you're sitting down, you're like, I want something different for Christmas to watch. Gremlins and this would be good options. They, I agree. They, they play. They're very similar, kind of a dark, slightly horror, but not really feel good kind of movie. They're kind of like movie cousins. Right. Yeah. Finish cousins. Yeah. It didn't, it did, okay, oh my god. Right. I'm looking at the, uh, the budget for this movie. Okay. Was just under two million dollars. Really? Or two million, I'm sorry, two million euros. Oh. Estimated. And opening date, December 5th on 2010, it opened on, in two screens in the United States. <laughs> Uh, where it made $9,000 in one and $9,281 in the other. 2 million euros equals, uh, 2,734,800. I'm sorry. It's, it's almost 3, 3 million US, basically. It grossed 500. It didn't do very well, which is kind of sad. But yeah, it's having, because it's, this is, it's having a life though on, on Blu-ray and DVD though. It's becoming kind of a cult thing now. Oh yeah, it definitely is getting it. It's becoming a you know like one of those DVD like get the guys together and watch this wacky Christmas movie. Right. Um, this is more of those that you would see like at the Music Box Theater in Chicago. Yeah. So, but I I did like it. I mean, for all the weirdness that was going on, I thought it was very well acted. And the one I don't know who I don't know what the character's name is, nor do I know the actor. But the one guy with the glasses and the beard that got bit by the uh, elf. Yeah. He looked kind of like, you know, well, they all kind of look like, um, uh, crap. Just lost her name. How, 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 ZZ Top. Yeah. It was like a ZZ Top Christmas. <laughs> um, but, but they, yeah, they had a, the movie had a very The Thing vibe to it. <laughs> yeah, it did. So I liked it. I mean, it's, it's not one that I'm going to be putting in my rotation quite often, but it is one that, you know, if I'm, no, I don't have to explain it to somebody. Old man penis. Namely, yeah. I definitely don't feel bad for watching it like I did for watching Santa Claus the movie. Yeah. I no. I, I, I felt I felt like that I could have even I with as, as much wasted time as I have could have used my time better than watching Santa Claus the movie. But Rare Exports was actually kind of fun. Yeah. I liked it. I give it a thumbs up. Me too. Yeah. Overwhelming thumbs up. Ten out I, of ten for me. I would give it a thumbs up. Although I I just have to question your comments, Josh, about how you were not a fan of Troll Hunter, or you okay. just it was be- say, this was better. This was much better. I, okay. I didn't hate Troll Hunter, uh, though it was cheesy in parts and not as well acted, and some of the dialogue wasn't as good. It was similarly uh, well filmed. Uh, the cinema photography was fine, but no, I I, I liked this quite a bit more than. Uh, Troll Hunter, and there was another movie with awesome cinema photography. Cinema about photography? Wearsheep, about Weresheep. Uh, Black Sheep. Yeah, Black Sheep. They gave me the same kind of vibe, but I thought this this was much better than Black oh, Sheep. I love Black Sheep. I thought that was better than Troll Hunter and this, but that's just me. Uh, I like Wait, Troll Hunter. The one with Chris Farley? No. <laughs> <laughs> just go look up Black Sheep. I think it's a streaming even still. Uh, it's, what, New Zealand, isn't it? I believe so, yes. It's a fantastic movie. It's a black comedy, horror comedy thing. It's very good. Think um, uh, P- early Peter Jackson stuff, like Dead Alive. Uh, yes, it is much more like that stuff. Yeah, Not Meet the, the Feebles. Feebles. No, no, more, no more not like, that extreme. Yeah. There are 40 million sheep in New Zealand, and they are pissed off. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> Trust me, it's worth it. You'll like it. 
Yeah, awesome. And it gave me the same kind of vibe where it's this very different take on a genre with spectacular cinema photography. Um, <laughs> Cinematography. You don't need the fuh part. Not cinema okay. photography. It's just cinematography. You can if you want. Jeez, I. <laughs> Josh I is making up his own words tonight. Wait a minute. We didn't use Pat's word. Pat's word? Yeah. Pat yeah, made what word? word, remember? Yeah, he, he re, re-greed. He re-greed oh, yeah. Oh, I, that was last week. That was so last week, too. That was two weeks ago. Whatever. I don't know. Hang the turkey in the backyard and let's move on. <laughs> I'm more upset that somebody else hasn't made an appearance yet. It hasn't really fit in. Mr. Oh, you miss me, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> I've been here the whole time, stroking the children. Oh, we just... Uh, <laughs> was that too wait, 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 so... Way to destroy that gratuitous use of Dr. No-No. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, wow. Uh, let's get I think, out of here I think you need to shove him back down somewhere until next week after that. <laughs> Speaking of next week, what are we doing next week, Josh? We're dying hard. <laughs> yes, we are. It's called Actually, angel I think lust. we've been doing that for the last half hour. <laughs> angel lust. So, we're, yes, we are taking on Die Hard. The original? The original. Yep. Yes. This, is the, this is the last installment of our Christmas series. Right. Yes. So we're going to be looking at action films with a Christmas uh, flavoring. So Die Hard is our original. And uh, for today, we're going to look at Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Shane Black, who did the most recently did Iron Man 3, if you've not seen it. Yeah. So if you, And if you haven't seen either of those, one, if you haven't seen Die Hard, what the hell? And if you haven't seen Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. What the hell? Yeah, I know. Seriously, after seeing Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer together. So good. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing it again. I still haven't seen it. No, you're going to be, I, I think, I'm predicting a thumbs up. He's not going to shit all over this. He'll he'll be our, our fresh set of eyes for it. He'll be that. Yes. Because we've all seen it. I've, I own it. I've seen it multiple times. Yeah, I own it now too. So. Anyway. All right. So, folks, if you enjoy the show and you would like to uh, pass us on a conversation, give us something, some ideas or something that we can uh, add to the show or comments, critiques or a new word for Patrick to use, uh, (laughs) you can contact us at 40go14 at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail message at 708-NOW-RAP, W-R-A-P, which comes out to 708-669-9727. Uh, you can also find the show on Stitcher, on Blueberry, and, of course, on the giant gorilla that is iTunes. And if you are so inclined, please leave us uh, some messages on there. Leave us a rating. Leave us a star rating on there and le- let us know what you think of the show. You can find us on Facebook and get us updates for when we post uh, the new shows on Twitter. Um, also, 40go14.com. Before we sign off, I want to make a quick uh, shout-out uh to another podcast that I recently discovered uh, called The Officers Club. Uh, I'm big into board games and tabletop gaming. They are a uh, tabletop and uh, board game card game podcast that is uh, every other week. Uh, and then they can be found uh, on Facebook as well. Uh, spectacular stuff. Uh, these uh, young guys have uh, really got it together. And uh, uh, they can be found also, I want to say that they do... Uh, like a Tumblr or something. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Just do a search for the Officers Club uh, on Facebook. I'll tumble for ya. I'll tumble for ya. Oh, sorry. Oh, it looks like they're up on iTunes now, too. Sweet. There you go. Oh, good. All right. Thanks. So, thanks for listening. Mike's saying goodbye. Oh, yeah, me too. I'll say goodbye. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) Bye. And I'll say Shaka Khan.
He's like, I just am impressed at how intelligent everybody is. I'm like, wait, you're listening to the right show, right? Yeah. I'm like, There's a compliment we don't get often. And specifically, they mentioned Pat. You guys are so smart. Pat? Yeah, Pat? Pat's name was the specific Pat's one. That's a smart one? Apparently so. Yeah, I told you, fuckers. <laughs>